Hello and good evening and welcome to the latest episode of La Magic Cast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. We are recording on a Friday evening. How are we all? Are we excited, drained, tired, going through all the motions of last night? Will Roma beat Feyenoord on penalties with a number two, which is now number one Serbian goalkeeper being the uh, the hero of a game and a substitute who had an absolute shocking 30 minutes on the pitch scored the winning penalty. Uh, I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Uh, with me tonight, I have the returning Joey. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm full of Spanish food, but I'm all good. Tired, drained, excited for the next round because we will talk about the opponents next round. But we've also got the returning doctor, Imran. How are we? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It's been a while. How are you? Busy with work? Yeah, it's, uh, I think uh, the last year has been very busy. And, uh, you know, the days just go by and suddenly, um, you know, week after week and you don't even notice it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite busy, yeah. Day after day, time after time. It gets, the days get quicker and quicker. Um, let's talk about last night. Roma won, Feyenoord won. Roma winning on penalties uh, 4-2. Mila, me, I call it Mia Svia, the hero, with two wonderful saves. He almost got a third with that uh, with Feyenoord's fourth penalty, but that snuck in. Joey, I'll come to you, and then Imran afterwards. Roller coaster of emotions. Roma get it done in the end. Full throttle first half. Not so good rest of the game. Game full of emotions, maybe some penalties you would have seen in Italian football, but not in European football. A referee that liked to flash the cards, but if you brush someone in the face, you'll get a free kick given against you, which was quite odd. But how was the emotions? For me and Imran, it was late at night for us, and then we had to both be up early in the morning, and we struggled with sleep because you have the emotional roller coaster. But overall... How was you feeling after the game and what was your thoughts on the performance? Like I told you, Scott, no sweat last uh, last pod. I said no sweat when we were going <laughs> to oh go my through. God. I, was, no, I was not calm the whole way. I, I, wanna, I wanted to lie and say I was, but I, I certainly wasn't calm. I didn't expect this out of, out of Roma. I, I did say a convincing win where it would have looked easier, even though by goal would, we ended up winning in penalties, but I certainly... Didn't expect this. Uh, look, I had I had trouble sleeping. I tried to put my energy going to the gym after, and I still couldn't sleep at night. I was still hyped. Uh, you know, we haven't won in penalties. I saw a statistic since uh, the early 80s. So that doesn't usually bode well for us. Uh, so, yeah, I was definitely riding high on emotions. Um, I, I think you said it best. You had a really... Really good first half showing between the teams. I think Roma still had most of the chances. I do think we we limited Feyenoord to not much. I think their goal itself was uh, really just a fluke. It was a bounce that went off of uh, Jimenez's shoulder. The only chance we gave them was that Jimenez um, partial breakaway that he had, which Sviar made a fantastic save. So I'll add that to our hero of the night. He He played wonderfully when he had to. 
And second half, I think both teams were either scared, nervous, tired, or a mix of all of them because there was really nothing from either side. I like Roma's solidity. I thought that even when they were out of energy, they didn't really give up many chances. Um, certain players certainly thrived. Uh, I think Pellegrini had a, an excellent game before he had to come off. I think Awar had a decent showing when he came on as a sub. I'm not going to say it was Pellegrini level, but you know we're seeing flashes of what he can do. And uh, yeah, I think the center backs did extremely well, even when Indica came on. I think the midfield Paredes was was brilliant. I, I can't say anything wrong. Forward wise, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll get into it more. But Lukaku and even I loved as much as I love DiBala. I think. Uh, they sort of struggled a little bit. Uh, Lukaku missed big chance in a big game again. But overall, I, we limited them to them a lot. I thought if we there were chances, it fell mostly to Roma. And ultimately, come penalty shots, while we solidified our new number one in Sviar, he was just, he's our hero, right? He he saved two penalties, almost had a third. And if look, if we had Patricio in the Frosinone game, like we said, or yesterday, we lose. So uh, we finally have a new number one, and maybe this is a good thing for the future. Maybe we don't have to look for somebody. He was phenomenal penalty shots and ultimately decided Roma's fate, and now we're on through to the next round. Can we talk about Dybala's touch in the first half? Oh, Tati-esque. Oh. Just brilliant. Oh, it brought back memories of a 2004 season Tati-esque to like 2007. It was just pure gold. It was yeah, just, uh, it was just it's, wonderful. It's it's there, Scott. Like obviously, he hasn't lost any of it, but he is. Um, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more in depth about it after. But he is struggling a little bit, maybe under De Rossi. I, I don't know if it's due to system, but I don't know if it's players maybe around him. It might be. I, I don't know if it's wrong to say, but I I think the guys he plays with to link up with. Are are really are struggling as well, or aren't doing as well as um, we'd expect them to? No, not that we expect them to. They're just weak points of Roma, you know. Being the right back of Karsdorp, you know, who has to link up with a lot, who's keeps struggling game after game, and Cristante, who I, I find hasn't fit the Rossi system. That's why I notice, you know, a guy like DiBala who's trying to link up with, and it just hasn't worked as well. So it's. There's there's still stuff to figure out, but yeah, that that class was touch and and it was just it was a good game from the most part from Tina and I'm glad they went through and yeah I'm still hyped about it so and we're we're nearly a day later. You and me both. I'm still buzzing almost 22 hours later. Imran, I come to you. Um, an emotional roller coaster. Um, you had Jimenez's goal, which was a goal, come off his shoulder. Lorenzo Pellegrini's wonder goal. And then the second half was not great, along with extra time. It seemed to just go through the, the motions. I think both teams were playing for penalties, but Roma won in the end. Um, what was your thoughts on yesterday's game and performance? I think uh, we got off to the worst possible start with that uh, uh, when we conceded that goal. Um, I think uh, I think the goal in itself uh, could have been avoided because we started off with you know uh, a lot of energy, but even De Rossi was signaling after Pellegrini's equalizer that you know you have to calm down because 
they were going all you know with all energy and because because of that they were taking too many risks and if you see if you see how uh, how the score or how we conceded the first goal it starts off with car stop you know going recklessly into you know every 50-50 ball and when he loses possession there in the midfield and um, of course that gives Feyenoord a lot of space to counter-attack and uh, when they counter-attack like that you know that your defense or midfield they are not organized at all so there's a big chance that you know they will catch you out of position uh, and, and that's exactly what it is. Of course, it ended up being a fluke goal because it came off his chest. Because, uh, but I think still, you know, that's something I actually admired about Mourinho when he came to playing European football because he he always had, you know, it was organized, it wasn't pretty, but you knew that you know people were tactically very solid and stuck to the plan. There was no extra movement. Out of plan, but yesterday I think we started out a bit. Uh, it was too much. Uh, it was too much uh, adrenaline. They wanted to perform. The crowd was there. You know, they got this extra adrenaline that they really wanted to, you know, uh, convert into something special. But you know, you still have to keep the emotions in balance and uh, keep your heads clear. But as a result of that, I think we 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 played well because we got back, uh, we created a few chances. We got a very beautiful goal, uh, you know, the equalizer through Pellegrini. And then the first half, I think we were really good because we kept on playing uh, with high intensity. It was beautiful to watch. It was entertaining. It was attacking football. Uh, it was uh, all the things that we were lacking before uh, we got it there. But as a result of the high intensity that we played with, we struggled in the second half because um, some of the players were really, you know, exhausted. They were knackered and uh, Pellegrini had to go off. I think we lost the balance in midfield when he went off. Awar, I know Joey said that he was good. He showed some glimpse of what he could do, but I personally thought that when he came on, we we lacked the cohesion between you know attack and defense. There was the we gave the possession, we gave the initiative to Feyenoord. They had much more possession. They were comfortable with possession in midfield, and I think that was as a result of our presence because he didn't have that tactical awareness like Pellegrini. He didn't know which places, which spaces to close down, where to position himself. But with the ball, I think he was good with the ball because he he likes to, you know, he likes to take the ball and he's very good with advancing with the ball, but he could have been more proactive in uh, receiving possession like Pellegrini. I think we, we struggled a bit when he came on and due to the substitution we were forced to make, we lost we lost the command of the midfield. I think that's why we struggled in the second half. Uh, the midfield was really not present anymore. But uh, So it was a game uh, which, um, uh, which wasn't either team's game, I would say, because you had a few half chances, but none of the teams were really, you know, both of the teams were struggling to create something big. And ultimately, it became just 
a poor quality game which ended in penalties. But I would say the first half was good. The second half, uh, a bit disjointed uh, in uh, if you look at how the team was organized. And uh, then the extra time, which I think we tried, but we didn't really, we couldn't really create anything. Uh, and Zalewski, I mean, oh my God, I was so frustrated by all his offsides, silly fouls. But yeah, he made it up with that penalty in the end. So I think uh, a lot of answers, but also a lot of questions after this performance. You mentioned one player, Nicholas Zaleski. I'm going to mention another one because we were talking about him pre-pod. Romanu Lukaku. Not his yeah, greatest he's 120 minutes. He's struggling. Fatigue? He's struggling. Too yeah. many games? I think, do you think... I think it's Monday, a combination of... Monday. Yeah, Monday we played Torino. I know Joey would like to talk about this also. Sadar Asman getting minutes as well. I know Imran. You, I think you're the, you're the doctor. No, you're but the doctor I think as well. He's played a lot of football. He has, but I think uh, I think Asman needs to play uh, because mm. uh, I think there's a why Lukaku is struggling. I think there's the a combination of uh, you know it's multifactorial because I think first of all he has played a lot, uh, so he's obviously fatigued. Uh, secondly, I think um, he's not the optimal player for De Rossi's tactics, at least not now. Uh, he he needs uh, to step back. I think he, De Rossi needs to work more with him uh, on a mental aspect uh, to in order to get him back into you know the form we saw early in the season. Because right now, what you know, when Lukaku struggles and goes to a tough spell. He struggles with the most basics uh, in football. I mean, he struggles with receiving a simple pass. He cannot even mm. lay he cannot even lay off a simple pass to his opponent. Everything looks so complicated. You know, a clumsy first touch. You have uh, uh, you ha- it feels like you're playing with 10 players because he's making it more difficult for your for his players uh, by being present. And we saw it against Frosinone. We saw it yesterday. And, you know, not to mention the penalty uh, he missed. Uh, but I, I would still say well done to him to create those two chances uh, towards, you know, the injury time. But uh, but I think it would be fair to give him a rest uh, uh, against Torino. Timon Vellenruta's save in added time was just top class because Lukaku got that space. I think it was ahead of Hanko who had him in his back pocket all game. Like, the final two centre-backs just completely controlled and nullified Lukaku. But that moment of space, he got in front, got the ball from that uh, breakaway. One touch, right foot, cross the keeper, and Valenwalter pulled off an amazing save. And then you had the header from the resulting corner. So that's two chances in, in a couple of minutes in stoppage time. But I know we were talking pre-pod also to both of us. Joey, I know you're like the biggest Sardar Asman fan along with Paolo Dybala Um, but Asman he showed in the glimpses of the minutes he got against Frosinone that he deserves to be in the starting 11. 
Yeah, I certainly agree with it. Um, especially, like you mentioned, the glimpses he showed against Fosinone. He had a, a really good second half, and he got rewarded with the goal. The way he was dropping into spaces, linking up with uh, with his teammates was great to see. I think he's been a pretty good addition to Roma, and I think he does deserve more minutes. Uh, Imran is right as well. It has to do a bit with how De Rossi is setting up his team, and I think it's a mental fatigue. Um, I think he, I think he was struggling a little bit before De Rossi came in. So, and then you bring in De Rossi with a change in football philosophy, a change in tactics. It's, I don't think it's going to help every single player, and so far it hasn't helped Lukaku. Um, we'll see if we can just narrow it down to just being fatigued. If he can get some rest. You know, maybe he can come back stronger for some of the bigger games, but I would certainly start Asmoon on uh, Monday. I mean, Lukaku went 120 minutes. How much more football can the guy play without taking a break? His his only recent break was the Frozenone 45 minutes, I believe. Uh, other than that, he plays almost every game 90 minutes. So um, I'm certainly in agreement with Imran, like I said, and I really think Asmoon should start on Monday. Did we get Prime Lukaku yesterday? Like the memes and the <laughs> jokes and all that. But we yeah, got Prime Lukaku yesterday, which is a yeah. shame because he was been red hot forming in the Europa League. That's his competition. He's been like knight in shining armour for Roma in that competition this season. His goals after goals. But in recent weeks, it's just dropped. He got the the header, the goal, well, not the header, it was off his shoulder last week, but it's just a little bit of concern. And we will talk about the penalties in a minute, but Imran, you mentioned Nikola Zaleski. We, we'll probably joke about this, but that has to be one of the worst 30 minutes of football from a, an individual in a long while, maybe since December, since Renato Sanchez dropped that 18 minutes of hell against <laughs> Bologna. Me and Joey went about 10, 15 minutes on that in, back in December. But hopefully with him scoring that winning penalty should give him the confidence to kick on. But Well, that, is it down to confidence? Yeah, Do you think it's down well, to confidence? Yes. And maybe positioning. He doesn't know his ideal position on the pitch. I'm with Imran because uh, he's asking a question. I don't know. I don't think it's down to confidence. Ooh. You know, I ha- I have a lot of questions when I saw that performance. I-, I was like, you know, this guy has been around for, you know, three years now. Uh, more than three years because uh, Fonseca's last season was his more or less breakthrough season uh, because he got to play against Manchester United, uh, etc. But... You know, I, I, it got me thinking, okay, Mourinho played him as a wing-back. Zerossi uh, feels his natural position is more, you know, uh, offensively like a um, winger. Uh, but then, uh, I, I don't know if it's only down to uh, confidence because, uh, you know, there, if you are introduced... In such an important game, uh, when the score is level, it means that something is expected from you. The team requires you to perform in a certain way. I mean, at least stick to the uh, the tactical plan. Stick to the basics. You know, don't go with silly fouls in dangerous positions. Don't give the position away. <laughs> position away. I mean, 
three, four. I mean, he must have been offside three or four times. You you, could have, you saw even the teammates being frustrated by that. And I was like, okay, he's gonna get the next one right. It was just you know, but he, it was the same mistakes all over again. Uh, you know, a, a tactical. Uh, you know, no tactical discipline. Uh, reckless uh, in dangerous position where you don't want to give away fouls. Uh, you just had a you just had a simple task. Don't don't overcomplicate it, and that's exactly what he did. And I would just like to go back to what Joy said about Dybala. I think it's a it's it's a concern that uh, some of the players are struggling in um, uh, in these tactics the way they are because uh, you have to start thinking uh, which type of player is Lukaku we all know he's a typical Antonio Conte player you know he's he's a he's a player who suits a style of play where his physicality is being used in the right way where you threaten the space behind the defense you you know you play uh, either not long ball but you always have to play those balls in space behind the defense for Lukaku to threat and attack the goal. If you play long balls to him and expect him to either, you know, with his back to the goal, create some sort of magic, either, you know, lay it off to his opponent or be involved in some sort of build-up play. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's not Lukaku. He has never been that type of player. He has always struggled in those systems. So at some point, you have to start asking, will things change just because you will, he will take a you know, time off? Of course, he has to be a bit better than what he's at right now because I think uh, there, are more, there are many factors which contribute to him playing the way he does. But we also have to start thinking about using him in the right way. And also, Paulo Dybala... Uh, because right now he plays um, as a second striker, treco, not pro, not a proper trekortista because he's close to uh, attack, but also from uh, from a wide position. I don't know if that is the right uh, position for him uh, to play. And I think also when when. Uh, when Chile came on. I expected him to be more direct, uh, more offensive. But he he just uh, unfortunately, I was a bit disappointed because he just uh, ultimately, whenever he got the possession, we just saw lateral passes. Uh, we saw you know ball being just sent backwards. So yeah, I think the substitutions were just Baldanzi and Angelino. I think they. Uh, were more, they were lively, but you you could see that the, tactically and the organ uh, the you know organization of the whole team it just wasn't present and it made it difficult for the players to perform because ideally I would like the roster to develop a style of play a tactics uh, which is so you know. Uh, well understood by the players that it's easy for any player to come in and slot in and you know do what is required for them because right now we are not there and I think it's a bit harsh on him to expect that so early but I will give him time yeah completely agree uh Joey you wanted to chime in also yeah absolutely I'm in uh, full agreement with Imran there's certain players that 
seem to be struggling, and one of them is uh, Zaleski, but Zaleski was struggling now. It's under two coaches. Uh, he had that one good season under Mourinho, but since last season and now, he seems to get a lot of things wrong, so maybe he thought it was positioning, uh, but now we're moving him back to a position he was more comfortable. I know he hasn't played in a while, but, I mean, the basic things of being offside three, four times, silly fouls, uh, I mean, being offside, that's something you learn basic no matter what position you play. It's just, especially the first offside, I remember he he had so much space where it was just a, a it was going to be a simple through ball and he couldn't time it correctly. So he, he doesn't do, he doesn't seem to do many of the basics right. And I, it's starting to become a worry. Uh, honestly, for me, it's starting to become a worry. He's giving me those type of Florenzi vibes, I would say. Florenzi yeah. did put in. Um, good performances at the beginning, but then when he got injured and he came back and we started switching his positioning, I think he was a little lost. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think uh, Zaleski's at. I, I think he gives me that Florenzi type of vibe. He just, it doesn't seem to know what's his best position and it, it doesn't seem, you know, the type of game we're playing and it's two different systems we've been playing in now. Uh, it just doesn't seem to suit him. Uh, I don't know. He really struggled yesterday. Taking that penalty... I don't know how I can see them him improving, you know, some of the basics that he hasn't been doing. Um, I mean, confidence is something more like like that chance he had against uh, who was it? Or was it Frosinone? No, it wasn't Frosinone. Who who was the team he played before where he had that chance to shoot and he passed it? Um, Feyenoord first leg. Feyenoord first leg. Like that maybe is a confidence thing, but mm. some of the offsides and the silly fouls. I I don't know if it. It comes down to that. He's been doing this type of stuff for a while, and I, I don't know. I find he's uh, he's really struggling. He's not the only one. Uh, certainly, we have our we we have guys struggling everywhere. And Imran brought up a good point with Chelik. I think that whole right side is just completely struggling with wing backs. I think no matter who you put between Chelik, Christensen, Karsdorp, they are what they are. I think they're just very lim- limited as players. They don't seem to wanna. Un, have an understanding, go forward, and yeah, they don't, they don't really help the rest of the side. That's what I'm saying. Maybe um, like we we talked pre-pod about Cristante in the system. Uh, I've spoken about DiBala. I don't think having a right back of one of those three have helped them either. I think they give too much responsibility th- for the guys they're linking up with. They just like Imran said, lateral passes. They force the ball. To somebody they don't really try to take command of anything so I don't really think that helps some of the players around them so yeah there's there's certainly a lot of limited players which in the summer I mean I'm sure a lot of it will be addressed and uh yeah I mean they need we need to get guys who are going to come on that are more lively that's why I was kind of a not upset but kind of um kind of it was kind of peculiar and I was kind of scratching my head when uh Asmund didn't come on I thought he'd be a lively player for Roma and uh, ultimately, you know, between Chelik, Chelik coming on wasn't lively, and same with Zaleski. It uh, it didn't hurt us in the end, but obviously we're looking at this going forward. So hopefully De Rossi can find some things to work and, you know, at least them make them do a little better than what we saw for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah you, um, you said something important there, uh, with the Florenzi oh, yeah, syndrome. Uh, that's a good point, actually. I thought about it yesterday as well. The, uh, it, it seems like him, right? Uh, to me, that's what it seems yeah, like. It, it seems lost. Yeah. 
doesn't know where he has to play. That's that's exactly like Florenzi for me. Yeah, because you know, right now I'm just thinking right Zalewski. He's he's he has had that. You know, he's still young. He's 21. He's going to turn 22. But at some point, you have to start expecting. You know, you have to start because when you've been around for three, four years, the expect expectations start coming. You have to deliver because otherwise, you can't just take up a space. That space can go to someone who can do uh, offer this team much more than you can do right now. Exactly. Like Bove is is somebody who. He could have struggled in certain, but you saw something there. You saw some things that, okay, yeah, he could get good at this, could get better. I, I'm not seeing that in Zaleski. Uh, you know, even when Bobe's first started, he was struggling a little bit. Yeah. You know, for all play, but you saw that there could be something there. There could be something that's useful for the team. Right now, I just... I don't see it in in Saleski. Uh, it's it's such a shame. It's such a shame because I think he has some, uh, you know, his technical abilities. You know, the way he, you know, the flair with which he can play with has the potential to play with, and you know, his uh, close control. I think it's um, it, it, it's it's really top class if he can really materialize on that and and use that in the right way. I think it could be a really dangerous attack, attacking player. But uh, he, he he just seems lost right now for all the reasons we mentioned. Could a loan spell be something useful for him next season? That was my next question. There's been rumors of Fiorentina and a 20 million euro valuation. I think. I don't know how, yeah, how you but, two feel about yeah. that. If it's going to be a loan deal, I think it has to be to one of the better sides, let's say like Fiorentina, if they get a option to buy him, we should have a buyback clause. Then it could work. Yes. I think he perhaps change of environment for him to mature, but it could be what requires because right now he's just wasting his talents. Imran, would you sell him for 20 million if that rumor was true? Yeah, I would do it because uh, as much as I like him, I see potential in him. If it if he can't work in Roma, there's no point in keeping him. You know, it's just like if you're in a relationship and it doesn't work, sometimes you just have to part ways. I agree. You'd be better off, you know, <laughs> with different partners. I I agree well, you too. I don't know if you do, Scott. Uh, I would if yeah, there's a twenty million I think I would as well. I would. Uh, you, you mentioned Florenzi. I did say right back, so he played right back. Left back, right midfield, left midfield, centre mid, maybe played as a number 10, right-sided attacker, left-sided attacker. It wouldn't surprise me if he would have played in goal if one of the, the keepers got injured or suspended. Do you think that Zaleski's versatility has probably got the better of him? Uh, there are different ways to look at it. Me personally, I don't think so. I think uh, versatility can be an added quality for players. You can be more, mm-hmm. uh, you can be more attractive. You can bring something to the team which you know no other player can do. I think it could be a really good skill. But I always go back to the same thing. You know, if De Rossi is going to put up a tactic or a tactical plan against an opponent, he's going to have a you know, one-on-one conversation with you. He's going to explain the tactics first as a team, but he's also going to do it one-on-one. And he's going to give you the exact the exact description of what he's going to expect from you and what he expects you to do. Follow those instructions. And that's it. I think, every, you know, every role has uh, a specific 
description for what you are going to do, your role, how are you going to do in attack, in de- your defensive duties, how you're going to cover. I think if you are versatile but don't have tactical discipline, uh, then of course uh, there's no point in being versatile, and you cannot. I, I think it's unfair to say that the fault lies in the versatility. I think the fault lies in the tactical uh, uh, discipline. That's where he has to improve. If he improves there, I think the versatility will be will be an added quality. Completely agree. Uh, um, I was going to say, Scott, for his. For his versatility, he's not he's not the one that's like, oh, he could, he's good here, but could be good in this position. I, I think for him, it's the opposite. He's not good enough to play wing back because of his defensive duties. So let's try him further forward. He seems more of a, a type of player. They just try to plug in along the sides to see where his best fit is. But he's not strong enough to say, well, he, he's good enough to play in this position. I think he's the quite the opposite. I think he's played multiple positions because they haven't found something that really makes him stand out yet, whether it's winger, midfield, or uh, as a wing back for defense. That's where I find it's hurting him. So, yeah, he's played multiple positions, but he hasn't really excelled at any of them. I don't think he's particularly strong at any of the positions. As a wing back, he's too weak defensively, and what we're seeing with wingers, he's lacking a bit of the basic uh, things, where to move, where to be, uh, where to get in behind, where to pass, where to shoot. So I, I kind of think you're just trying him up along all all uh, up and down the pitch to see if there's something that works for him. So it's kind of hurting him rather than helping. Yeah, I think yeah. I think yeah. De Rossi should, should use him more like uh, Amantino Mancini was being used. You know, I think he has some of the same qualities. If he's If he can... Attack in this in in a similar way. I think it can be really threatening. Yeah, I would agree. Mancini's a a good comparison. That's a name from the blast from the past, Imran, a wonderful <laughs> gifted player who then got greedy and got the money from Inter when when Inter you know, was buying. I, I really miss that type of player because he same. he you know like uh, as a winger, uh, Spalletti gave him. Um, you know, a role uh, as a left winger, but he was so good one-on-one. And what I remember was that he was so good in, you know, attacking the the central area, uh, you know, even from the corner flag, he could take a bit, you know, a few step forwards. But the, the most, imp- the, 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 mo- the biggest quality he had was that he has such a great eye for the goal. We can talk about that goal against Leon. We could do a whole podcast about that, couldn't the we? The eight stepovers. <laughs> the eight step, which the anniversary, I think, of that is actually in about ten days' time, if I'm not mistaken. Which was seventeen years since so that infamous through ball from Rodrigo Tadai, another wonderful winger with the Aurelio um, ball to uh, Mancini, who sent Anthony Ravier out of um, Leon's old stadium and just left foot one wonderful finish. Like Roma had like Mancini on one side, Rodrigo Tadai on the other. Simone Parotta, who was like this third man runner in midfield playing as a number 10. It was just, just a wonderful time to be alive for a Roma fan. Imran's bringing back the nostalgia. Yeah, the Rossi yeah. Pizarro, Cassetti, you know, Maxis Kivo, Tonetto on left back, Totti on top. Oh, it was amazing. 
Uh, I'm going to have to watch some YouTube videos later of like yeah. 06, 07, 07, 08. <laughs> and then it all Good going down where, where Inter won in the rain against Parma after Roma went claw to... That like, was tell, the season tell. after. Yeah, 07, 08, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we also, the season that we don't talk about uh, two years later. But yeah, uh, we're going down, we're going down a, a... Some other time, some other time. Something like... Yeah, some other time. <laughs> um, should we talk about penalties? Because also there's a there's a lovely video going around and it shows that some leadership skills between two individuals. Um, Lorenzo Pellegrini asking Gianluca Mancini to take a penalty. That video has been gone, I wouldn't say viral, it's done the rounds on social media. Mancini wasn't needed because Roma got it done penalties there's some balls to take some of those penalties leandro paredes is number one he's turned into like a machine at the moment calm penalty i think that was probably the second best penalty of the lot lukaku missed uh and then it was husamawa and then it was zaleski but um final is hueda who came on for jimenez hanko missed his yakimbash who got substituted into the game in our ear for Vifa, who I thought was outstanding for Feyenoord. I know it's not one of Joe, Joey's favourite players, uh, but he is a talented player. And then Hartman, who was one of Feyenoord's best defenders, but the penalties, guys. Was you guys confident with the takers? Emotional? And then we had Lukaku miss his, which was, I think, always written in the stars after his performance. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would just say, uh, Scott, by the way, with Weefer, um, I would certainly like him more if he played for us. So he's definitely a, yeah. a talent. <laughs> but There's a few final players. There's a few sure, final players. For sure. Weefer, like uh, he's, just a, he's just a thorn in our side. He plays so well. Such an annoying player to play against. Um, with the penalties itself, no. Nah, I, I look at it statistically. Um, I was only confident in Sviar. I wasn't confident in the kick takers. I think Sviar gave me a little bit of confidence because it wasn't Patricio. That's literally, I think, the only reason. Like, it just gave me some hope that maybe somebody can stop a penalty shot. And uh, for the kick takers, besides Paredes, I don't know if I can say I was I was confident. Um, Cristante did put one in against Sevilla, which I hate to bring up, but at least I like we didn't have center backs taking it this time. We actually had... Mm. Um, guys who regularly shoot the ball. I know it doesn't always mean much, but you know when we go up, the penalty lineup we had against Sevilla was a little was a little odd, I would say, compared to what we had uh, yesterday. And I, I look, I was definitely more confident than I was with the final, especially because it's VR. But no, I wasn't. I, I wouldn't say I was confident. But every single penalty kick taker besides Zukaku, I, I thought guys. They were brilliantly taken. So Paredes was brilliant. I thought Awar was brilliant. He placed it in the corner. He didn't have much power, but uh, Cristantes was brilliant. He he mm. put power. He he uh, raised the ball up. Um, and obviously Zaleski was uh, was great. It was the best one of them all. But all of them were great, greatly taken. And then don't take away from Sviar. He had two wonderful saves. Almost two a third. Saves. Yeah, really. He's. Uh, I mean, again, man of the match and penalty. Uh, Dybala said it. He's all of our hero. He he won us that. 
he had that breakaway save and then those two penalty saves. And he had another, I think, save or two during the match. But yeah, I think Roma really, really looked a lot better, obviously, than Feyenoord and penalty shot. But no, I wasn't confident. Like I said, statistically, I think it was 82-83. I kept seeing on uh Yeah, it was Twitter. Swedish team, not shipping. Gothenburg. Yes, that's the last time we won, I think, a penalty. No, not shipping. Not shipping. Oh, no. oh okay. Yeah. No apologies. Sorry. That's the last time we won a penalty shootout in uh, in Europe. So I think we, we've we had five since then, uh, but still. Yeah, we lost them all. But, yeah, we yeah. But we looked way better than Feyenoord taking the penalties. Even, like, you know, I, I don't think the, their goalie had – came close to any of the penalties really. I don't I don't think there was even a chance. Like we took them confidently, which is great. Now that's the thing you said, Scott, confidence. I think all of them were really confident taking them and CR saving it. I think it's good that's gonna help Roma, you know, we have games against Torino and obviously we have another European uh, matchup to come in March. So I think that's really gonna help the team push forward. So great job by them in the penalties. Imran I jokingly said to you on WhatsApp last night, as we were both going to bed, in our hometowns and home cities uh, and different parts of Europe, why couldn't Roma do this eight, uh, in May last year in, no, in Hungary no, 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 when no, you were in a game? Don't, don't do that to me again. I, I, Sorry. You know, <laughs> there can be, uh, you know, there can be times, you know, that I, you know, just out of nowhere, you know, the, 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 that final just pops up in your mind and you're like yeah what would have happened if we would have won if we were given that penalty if though you know all those free kicks that we got during extra time you know towards the end when we hit the bar if it had gone in and then you think man this was the w- worst Sevilla side of all the Sevilla sides that won you know they were like fighting relegation they changed code Everything was set for us to work. And if we would have won, Mourinho would have probably left, you know, on top. Everything would have been, you know, so much more beautiful. Instead, we had this, you know, breakup, divorce, uh, which he didn't want. The club had to make. And, um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. We we just have to... I, I hope they learned something from this. I mean, they they can build on this. And if we were to happen in the same situation again, I really hope that we don't because that was, uh, it was really hard to be part of that in a final and, uh, uh, you know, penalties, uh, European Cup final. No, I don't want to be part of that again. Sorry to bring it up. I think I, I aged. Joey, but... I think I aged yeah. five or six years. You know, my coronary arteries <laughs> are so much more sclerotic after that final. <laughs> you know what would have happened if we won that penalty shootout? Go on. Sorry. Do you know what would have happened if we won that penalty shootout? We we would have been grouped with Feyenoord in Champions League, and we would have taken them out in Champions League groups. Oh, yeah. Happened instead True. instead of taking them out in uh, Europa League. But history would have repeated itself anyway in a different competition. <laughs> exactly. And we've now beaten them in every single facet, right? Regular time, extra time, and penalties. So yeah, they have nothing else to say, especially uh, Mr. Mr. Slot, who finally was a little humble for once. Yeah. Maybe he won't watch, go and watch 
Pep Guardiola right now. <laughs> but Scott, you asked that question in Imran. You asked that question with Imran, Scott. What was the difference? Obviously, goalie makes a huge difference. And oh, look who went definitely. up to look who went up to take the penalties. They didn't look. I, I besides just VR, you you look at the guys taking the penalties. I don't know. I felt more confident saying, "Oh, Paredes coming up, okay. Cristante is coming up, okay." You, you you know, we all questioned guys like when it was two center backs who took the second and the third. Yeah, penalty. that was what, ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah. what they're doing. The guys who didn't want to take them. Well, one of them is not here in Balotti. One of them was subbed off in El Sharari, and I forget who the who the third was. There was always three names. But re- regardless, it's like people wanted to step up, and we didn't have to see Mancini and Ibanez. Uh, again, center backs could be good at penalties, but for all, us, I- I'm not too sure. So we we definitely looked uh, more confident than maybe our coach was calmer when selecting penalty kick takers. Maybe he helped the team. He said he was calm. I don't know if he was, but he said he was. So well, it was just a was. different aura. No. Yeah. It was just. But a it's also. Aura. I think. I think it's easier to uh, to prepare for a situation like this when you've lost a decisive game, you know, a final through penalties. It's a bit, I think it's a bit easier to work on the mental aspect. You know that you can uh, approach it in a different way. And De Rossi knew that he had to do it. Uh, you know, I don't know. He said that he was very calm, but he looked, you know, like a nerve wreck to me on TV. He looked more nervous than the players. But uh, but somehow he managed to at least, you know, pass on pass on this tranquility which um, affected the players. Exactly, and I think Feyenoord, f- for myself, I think they helped us in a way. They did something I, if I were ever a coach, I would never do. I never understood the logic of bringing on a player who has not touched the ball in 120 minutes, who's been sitting around on the bench come in just to take a penalty, hasn't kicked the ball when they did in Jahambach. Uh, yeah, it's added game. pressure as, as on the it players. It's added, it's added pressure, plus the guy is not in the rhythm of the game, hasn't touched the ball, hasn't run, hasn't done anything. I, I don't think it's something you should do unless you're talking about somebody who is really elite at taking penalty kicks, but I, I don't see him being as some sort of specialist. So... I don't think it was a smart move on Feyenoord's part to do it, and I would not want to see Roma do it. Unless you talk about maybe someone like when we used to have, uh, obviously, Parati was phenomenal, Dybala is, but usually Dybala wouldn't be on. Dybala did it in a World Cup final, so I think he's familiar with that. Yeah, so exactly. So unless you're talking someone to that caliber, yeah. I, I don't think I, I would bring on a player just to take a, just to take a penalty kick. So I, I thought oh. that really helped us. It's a wasted sub. Absolutely. I would say you had guys there that are on for a while, like they've been in the rhythm of the game. Even mm-hmm. if they were a sub, they played half the game, even a quarter. I think it's a lot better than having somebody who just came on to take a penalty kick, who didn't touch the ball once, barely moved. Completely agree. It was just like, it just fed into Roma's hands and then Roma capitalized it with a, uh, a wonderful Serbian making two penalty saves and then when Zaleski scored that penalty, ran under the curve of Sud to celebrate, along with Daniele De Rossi celebrating under the curve of Sud. Mm. It was beautiful. Want, it was a beautiful moment. You it, know, was it was a, beautiful. You know, I, I live for these moments. You know, if you give me this uh, <laughs> every season, you know, a few moments like that, you know, De Rossi 
celebrating with the fans, you know, in a suit rather than in a kit. Uh, you know, it's it's a beautiful moment. I, I live for that. I hope that we will get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of mem- memories like that that we can enjoy. But uh, I think we went through, but we had some, you know, we have a nice discovery, and I'm very curious about Svilar and where, where, how much he can, you know, progress or improve from here. Because so far he's been very solid. He's very confident with, you know, the ball at his feet, and he has had some really good saves. I think he deserves to play. I think we deserve to give him a chance. Will he be good enough to be our starting goalkeeper? I hope so. I would like to think so, but I think we need to see more of him. It's, you know, the perfect opportunity for him to, you know, that he can capitalize on. Uh, but also, I think it raises some questions, you know, when we progress. We beat Feyenoord on penalties. I don't think that in itself is convincing enough uh, when you think long run in the competition. But uh, but for now, I'll take it. I know uh, we have a coach who's been here for, you know, almost a month. And uh, yeah, it will take time. It will be unfair on him, you know, to expect more. But he's trying his best, uh, given the circumstances, which have been difficult. Uh, yeah, but but I'm happy so far. I agree, Imran. But one thing I'll say when you mentioned yeah. the convincing, uh, uh, the convincing way of going through. To be honest. Look, I'll never take away Mourinho's runs, but at least half the games, the away games, they weren't convincing at all, and we still made a European final. So it's just, I, I think it's just a, I think it's just a matter of if De Rossi mentally can get this team like Mourinho has, getting them driving through Europe if they want to make it. Look, it's going to be hard regardless. It wasn't convincing, but what Mourinho has shown me is we've had a lot of unconvincing uh, away games, especially Leverkusen, Sociedad. Uh, I don't think. Okay. Uh, I w- would you say unconvincing? I wouldn't say unconvincing. I would say uh, completely according to plan, according to the tactical preparation for the game. I think that's exactly what Mourinho wanted from those games, and he he got exactly that. It, okay, it, fair. It, fair was enough. it was it convincing? He didn't want to be convincing, but you know the start. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. He just wanted to go through, and he did it in that way. You know, I give him a lot of credit for that because you know, I think in knockout competitions, you know, he was second to none, and even even this season, he probably you know would have got uh, you know could have gotten us to five. We don't know where we'll end up, but he has that he has that um, you know uh, that thing in him but in the league competition no was it beautiful no uh, if he that's why i think he suits uh, he's a good coach for a national team because uh, i think it will suit him well but uh, but i think you know there also he's he's trying to play a different type of football you you see you, you can see the difference between Mourinho's football and Terossi's football it's you know it's day and night he 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 plays more possession football more attacking football. It leaves us vulnerable in defense, of course. Sometimes when you, especially when you play um, in the in the Europa League against teams uh, who can punish you because they have better quality, they play also uh, more attacking. They also take risks compared, to, you know, in the contrary to what you see in Serie A because teams are more 
defensive there they take less risk so of course you, you will it's easier to conceal but for Mourinho he doesn't take those uh uh you will never see his, his team going out uh with that intensity that we ha- we saw yesterday it, it's more risky uh but uh, right now it's more risky because the players they are not um, 100% committed or you know organ uh, they were not organized because they're not as committed or fully compatible with the the tactics i think it will take time if you look at Xabi Alonso when he came last season for Leverkusen his team was his team was good they played good football but they were not as solid as they are this season because he he got the chance to work with them in a preseason they signed a lot of players and now uh, they are doing really well i'm not saying they're also going to do the same but i'm just saying that um things take time and i think derosi should be given time because he has some really nice ideas uh, that i that i like i think personally i would rather have uh, derosi than vincenzo italiano tiago motta is good but i would uh, i would rather give derosi the chance to develop something uh with this club you know being a club legend i think he deserves it but it's early to say but uh i i think if we're going to go for someone uh from that uh, category i would rather keep the rossi i i actually said imran that if we were going to i've seen allegri links but i don't believe they're true or conte i i would say if it was allegri or conte i would have kept the rossi then Uh, even against those type of coaches i just didn't want to go back to that pragmatic type football so i wanted to see something more progressive someone like mata would maybe change my mind but certainly not a conte or allegri where you know you're kind of going back to some of the Mourinho days where it's you know it's all about defense and result result which for us i don't know if it necessarily works for us maybe it's convincing maybe it's not but going back to it i think you're right i think that was part of the plan maybe as a fan It, it was hard to be convinced, you know, the Leverkusen game just, get, I, I know it was part of Roma's plan, plans to just sit back and defend, but it's hard to be convinced of how you can beat really good sides like that at, you know, just defending for 90 minutes, but he, he ultimately got it done. So, uh, I mean, he is one of the masters at knockouts for sure, but we'll see with De Rossi, maybe uh, it won't be enough time, but come March, I know it's Brighton, but Uh, they play two similar styles. Hopefully, the Rossi can get more out of this group going forward. And we see little by little, you know, how he at least keeps himself in games, works on things that haven't worked, that weren't working in the past. So we'll see. But I'm in agreement with you. I think uh, depending on certain coaches, I think the Rossi should be given a chance, definitely. Yeah, and also what I liked about uh, the Rossi was that you see what his teams are trying to do, the way they are trying to play. The identity with the team that is, uh, you know, the team that trying to play with, you can relate to that. You can understand what they're trying to do, even if it doesn't work all the time. You have an idea of what they're trying to do. And also, the second thing is, I think, is post-match interviews. I think he's, um, I like his uh, uh, analysis after the games. I think he describes uh, um, the games very well. He takes responsibility uh, for things that go wrong, and um, it's not being left, you know, to um, um, you know, 
to, like to, interpretation yeah yeah interpretation i mean it's not being left to default you know like or to you know unfor like circumstances you can't uh control let's say the referees or you know this didn't happen or the players is that he takes responsibility i think the, uh, his analysis and the way he reads the game the way he um explains what went wrong you know you it feels like uh he some really good tv expert is uh interpreting them and i really appreciate that because it makes me understand what what he wants from this team and what they are not doing and what he would like to do in the future so um, uh that part was also very convincing and i was positively surprised actually i'm glad you said that imran if you remember scott we we talked about his post game interviews how we liked his uh how i liked how how outstanding he was his tactical awareness how he explains it compared to what we we were seeing in the past where it's about refs it's about this like he's actually explaining what he's doing wrong and then what we can do to fix it and it, it is refreshing imran as a, a fan to see where uh as a fan to see where he's gone wrong even though we know it it's nice that he it could be basic but it's nice that he's aware of it and saying look i made a mistake here it's my fault we'll work on it like you know some of the goals against inter the the asmoon with lukaku pairing the way they were tactically set up he said it was wrong thankfully he got it right in the second half so i'm liking and i i i like when i hear his press conference and i look forward to them because he actually talks about the game and what goes wrong and what he can do better to improve it and he's pretty spot on in most points and like you said he takes a lot of responsibility and i love seeing that from a coach and i'm i'm glad like i'm glad so far it's been working i'm i just I've loved what he's certainly what he's done so far, and that's what we're saying. So he, if he continues, he certainly deserves another chance because he's been doing well, just just as well on the pitch as off the pitch. So it's it's really nice to see. How do you both? How do you both feel about the the next tie? So Roma got drawn against Brighton. I feared that Roma would get an English club because I think the majority of the teams in the Europa League were English, British. Sorry, there was Rangers from Scotland. So there was Liverpool, West Ham, Brighton. And was there one more? I don't think so. So there was three, four British sides. When I saw Liverpool get drawn away, I was like, thank God it's not Liverpool because I thought that is where Roma's European adventure would have ended because Liverpool are probably the favourites to win the Europa League and a street's head on what they're doing at the moment in in England. And they've got a Carabao Cup final playing at the weekend against uh, against Chelsea. But they got Brighton, who's Brighton Hove Albion, which is a, a, fairy style, a fairy tale story for Brighton. First European adventure, did brilliantly in their group stage against Marseille and Ajax. Ajax are now in the Conference League. Uh, they finished top of their group after I think they drew with Marseille in the final group game. They're a very good side to watch against Roberto De Zerbi. They're playing some wonderful football at the moment. They've got some very talented players. They just demolished Sheffield United 5-0 at the weekend after Sheffield United were down to 10 and when Mason Holgate tried to end Matoma's season with one of the worst challenges I've ever seen in my life. And I've been watching football for over 30 years. How do you guys feel about it? It's an exciting tie. De Rossi versus De Serbi. They're very close friends. There is a picture of them having dinner with Pep Guardiola, I think probably in the last couple of years. Both have the great ideal 
way to play football. I think they both have a, a great philosophy. In my head, I'm thinking this tie will be great because both teams like to play attacking football. It could end up 10-10 because both teams like to score and they like to play progressive football. Or one team is actually going to run away with it. And I think Roma do have a chance, but I think Brighton do not have to be sniffed at. They are playing some really good football. Remember 10 years ago, they were like a, a championship club in League One. Like I'm a Swindon fan. We were playing them like 13, 14 years ago in League One, where League One was stacked. You had like ex, a, a few, quite a lot of ex-Premier League teams in like Southampton, Leeds United, uh, Brentford, which wasn't a, a Premier League club. Yeah, Brighton was in League Cup, uh, League One, Charlton Athletic. This team has done it all. They were they were playing at uh, an athletics ground, the With Dean, which I've been to, and it's hands down the worst football ground I've ever been to. The away end is like four hundred yards away from the pitch, literally in a different postcode in Sussex. They've got a wonderful ground now. Uh, right owners who are. I think have the club's hearts at, with them. They are great at talent spotting. They're, they've got this wonderful generation of South American footballers at the club. I'm really excited for this tie. I think it's one of the ties of the round, but um, how do you both feel about it? Um, Imran, I'll start with you. I'm, when I first uh, sort of draw my in, you know, instant reaction was it could have been better by also could have been worse, like you said. Uh, but I I fancy our chances. Uh, if you look at Brighton, they play good football. They have uh, a philosophy and a ideology that they stick to. Sometimes it can give them really good uh, results and really good, you know, important wins. They beat uh, Manchester United at Old Trafford. But you have to also remember that they lost 6-1 to Aston Villa. They lost 4-0 to Luton lately. So they have these big defeats that come every now and then. Uh, so I'm curious to see uh, how... And if you look at their Europa League campaign, they opened the first game of the season in the European campaign was against like, Athens, and they lost 3-2 at home. Uh, you know, Ever since then, they've been undefeated. But uh, uh, I, think, I think we have the experience... Uh, we have uh, the quality to overcome them. I think seventh uh, of March uh, is not so far away; it's two weeks away. I think we need uh, to be. Uh, we need to use these two weeks to be uh, tactically more solid. Uh, we need to avoid what we did yesterday. We, you know, uh, we need to be more tactically balanced and also with the energy we preserve during the game and you know not go out and waste everything within 45 minutes and also in the next few games and uh, until those two matches I, I think we need to be we need to rotate the squad more uh, because we don't have that difficult matches uh, in Serie A so we have to use that uh, the uh, period wisely because I I really want to do well in Europe again. Joey? Yeah, Imran said it could go either way. Uh, I even think Tati said that this is really a, a 50-50 and I'm in mm -hmm. full agreement. I think um, 
I think if it was Liverpool or Leverkusen, those are the teams I wanted to avoid the most. They would have, I, I think they would have beaten Roma. I think they, they were just too strong for us this year. I think the rest, Roma, I really fancy their chances. Uh, teams like Rangers and uh, I think it was even Slavia, you know, mm. under De Rossi, I would have pictured a different outcome. I would have taken, I think I would have taken those teams before Brighton because I think I feel our chances were better. But against Brighton, I, I can really see a 50 50. It's really the, I guess, the everyone's been saying the DE Derby, the, the yeah, Derby. The, 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 the DE Derby. Yeah, we actually got a question about that as well. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I cannot wait. My, one one of my neighbours is a Brighton fan, and he goes to quite a lot of the games. So I think he went to Spurs a couple of weeks ago at the new London Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, they lost two one, uh, but I think they've been doing really well this season. Like they've beaten Palace. Uh, Imran said they did lose uh, to Luton. What, Luton are doing really well this season. They, they're Given a lot of teams a lot of bloody noses in 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 the Premier League, they they demolished Sheffield United. Like Mason Holgate did not, he disgraced himself and with one of the worst challenges I've seen. But they absolutely battered them. They they on their day they can be wonderful, but they they can be got at. Like they have lost. That's like, the key spot. Yeah. yeah, they lost to Villa six one. I think that was quite early on in the season. Imran noted that they did lose to AEK Athens. I think I had that on in the background when they I come back from a dinner and I watched the Roma game late uh, later on because Roma were playing in Moldova and they they lost there. I think the European experience didn't get through. They lost at home to Everton last season five one in May. So that there is a bit of chaos, but they are so good to watch and they are a well-run club and it's going to be a great tie to watch. They do have those heavy defeats, Scott, as Imran mentioned. Mm-hmm. Their consistency this year has been a little worse, I would say, than last year. Like the Luton loss was, wasn't too long ago. It was less than a month where they lost to Luton 4-0. I think if Roma really want to get at this tie, uh, I don't think – I think Brighton are – are a team that are much better at home than they are away. I don't think they have that balance. They're sort of like us, and they like to play like us. They like to progress. There are going to be goals for sure, Scott. I, they don't keep many clean sheets, Brighton. They had some sort of record. I know they, they they beat Sheffield 5-0, but they went on a streak where they did not keep a clean sheet for a long while. So there are goals to be had. So Roma definitely need to be on the front foot, especially in the first leg, uh, scoring two to three goals. And it could get out of hand. You're right. Either either way, I personally don't see it, obviously. But if Roma really want to get at them, the first leg is where they really have to take advantage. And, you know, don't lose their heads against Brighton. They might control a lot of the ball. That's what the Zerbi likes. But in the end, they do have inexperience in both the league and in the cup. So I think they are there to be taken. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Could you imagine Rick Karstorp against Matoma? No, that's what scares me. <laughs> that really and Fatih against either Spinazzola, most likely. That that scares yeah. me a lot. So Mancini is going to have a lot of work to do to help yeah. cover on the Toma. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at their team. They played against Sheffield United. They got Matoma, Buenanote, Billy Gilmore, one of my favourite Scottish players, Pascal Gross, who is a very underrated player and has been for a long, long time. Tarek Lamptey, Lewis Dunk, Jean-Paul Van Hecker, Aaron Webster, who I think is 
centre-back be playing at right-back, but no. Uh, as Imran said, 7th of March, Roma play Brighton, which is the first leg, which is the early kickoff, And then a week later is the later kickoff uh, in Brighton. Um, guys, we're almost finished, but I tweeted out this morning when I was on my break from lo- uh, on my break at work, English Scott, I got some questions. I got two questions. One we've pretty much answered was about... Um, Lukaku, but one we've also uh, just answered, but we got one from uh, Lackland underscore 23. Thoughts on the Deserby Dar, uh, the, 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 uh, English, the der Derby between Roma and Brighton. Do you think that both teams attack make up for the defences? And is it possible we might see Tammy cameo in the second leg on English soil? I think it'd be tough to see, but I wouldn't rule it out. The second leg is the what the seventeenth of March, I believe. Fourteenth. 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 Yeah. Fourteenth. Yeah. yeah. That might be. It might be early for him because um, uh, apparently he's just getting back in March. Uh, it might be too early for him. I personally don't think we'll see him, but stranger things have happened, so you never know. But yeah, they both play this... attacking football, so we'll see. It's mm. gonna be fun. 17th is the Sassuolo game, which the kickoff times have been announced finally by Lega Serie A. They just do like what Spanish do, just do, announce it two weeks before ever the games kick off. Living behind the times. I'm still frustrated about how they do that. Uh, the second question is uh, from Chris Adams. After being so prolific in Serie A before, why is Lukaku struggling to score goals? Has it got down... Has it got worse for him since JM's departure? I think we we dissected that uh, question earlier in the pod. Yeah, we did. It's, I think it's down to his energy levels, fitness, style of play for from Mourinho to the De Rossi and. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long, what would you say, a long month for Lukaku recently? Or as I joked earlier, and I hope people don't take this in the worst way. We have had Lukaku recently. Um, I think it's just all probably down to him playing a lot of football and struggling against good defences and against teams who Roma's style of football has changed and developed in recent weeks. It hasn't gone all the way through. As you said, Imran, it's going to take time. They've gone from a stodgy 3-5-2 where Lukaku had Dybala just behind him or Asman or Al Sharari or Belotti playing in the two. It's now a progressive vertical attacking 4-3-3 lopsided asymmetric where there's players playing in different positions and they like to float around and they tried to bring Lukaku into the Lukaku sorry into the game and try to get the best out of him but I think apart from two shots on goal yesterday in the 120th and 121st minute he was very isolated um we went on about a 10-15 minute monologue about him so I don't feel like repeating ourselves 71 minutes just one note yeah go for it is uh, De Rossi, one thing we didn't mention is De Rossi still has a lot of, tr- which comforts me, still has a lot of trust in Lukaku. If you saw their celebration yesterday, I mean, that's something I, I know that has nothing to do with him on the pitch, but that 
gives me some hope that he, I think he'll be okay. Maybe not as much as we expect, but seeing something like that with your coach that you have a lot, that the coach has a lot of trust in you. I think it's a, it's, it's certainly a good sign. And I trust De Rossi. So I'm, I'm pretty sure we all do. So I think it's a good hope for at least, you know, if they manage him correctly for the games coming up, we'll, we'll see a better Lukaku. I, I just think that inter the, the interaction that they had at the end of the game was really, really key. And I, I don't know. I, I think he'll be fine. That, that That's all I wanted to end with. I, I think he'll be okay. I just, cause I see Durasi has so much trust in him that he knows what he's doing. I, I maybe that's Durasi's character, but if he has a lot of trust in somebody, I think it's because he truly believes him. And I, I think he'll get out of this slump. Completely agree. Uh, just on a, on a note, uh, wish Diego Lorente uh, a speedy recovery. Reading reports earlier today, it's quite a serious head injury. It looked quite nasty, a nasty clash of heads with uh, the final uh, Asian striker, Hueda. It it looked quite sickening, so just wish Diego Lorente a speedy recovery. And also, Jerry, Bologna won 2-0 this evening. I saw, I was hoping you weren't going to mention it, but I I'm saw. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, it's all right. I mean, I expect them to beat Verona. They're not going to lose to them. So we'll see when they face the tougher teams. Hopefully we can uh, close the gap uh, relatively quickly. They do play Atalanta next weekend. Yeah, so somebody will drop points. It's up to Roma. Some, yeah. It's up to Roma to gain ground. It's up. It's on them. So hopefully they continue this good run of form in the league. Guys, we've been going on almost 75 minutes. Absolute pleasure as always with both of you. Do you have anything more else to add? No, not for me. We, I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah, nobody will listen if we continue from here. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could talk about food. We could talk about food if anyone wants to. Uh, I think we should do a food podcast at the end of the season, just talking about food. Would you be up, would you be up for that, Imran? Always food we we, let, we do like, like our food on this uh guys you can follow us at lamagicast.com you can find all of our previous episodes on the website and you can follow us at all social uh so there on all platforms where you listen to us so apple soundcloud spotify and etc and etc and if you do listen to us on an app that gives us a five star rating don't hesitate to give us a five star rating and give us a review Imran, thank you so much. It's great to have you back. We did talk in the week for you to join on. I know you've been ultra, ultra, ultra busy with what you've been doing with work. It's been an absolute pleasure. You are the doctor and you do give us a wealth of knowledge on football. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, as always. We could go back in time and do podcasts, talk about different seasons, talk about a Mancini step over, a Rodrigo Tadai, Aurelio, Simone Perotta's late runs, that 06, 07 team, 07, 08 team. I could go back in nostalgia with you. I'm always up for that. <laughs> Joey, as always, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. You were probably the most confident, and I can't believe you were so brash on Monday talking about that and then almost coming to fruition i bet you were shitting yourself during penalties <laughs> uh a little bit but like i said i predicted a win and we'd advance so i predicted correctly so my hands are in the air scott i, I was right and that's that, that's how i'll leave it so no no sweat no sweat <laughs> 
very brave. Are you waving them around like you just don't care? Pretty much. Good man. Uh, that's been the latest episode of the Magic Cast. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoyed a lot of football going on in the next three, four days. We'll be back after the game against Torino, which is a Monday early evening kickoff, half past five UK time, half past six uh, European time. Is that half past one or half past two kickoff for you, Joey? It's uh, half past one. Oh, and we'll probably be recording straight after. I can't do the uh, to record it Tuesday because I'm actually going to football myself. A rearranged game from a couple of weeks ago due to the weather. But that's enough of me talking about Swindon Town. I don't want to talk more about Swindon Town on this podcast. We'll talk about Roma and their wonderful, dramatic penalty shootout win against Feyenoord. I wonder how Arnie Slot is feeling right now. Roma have done final in three successive European competitions and beaten them four times in a row, including that 2014-15 Europa League victory. I wonder how he's feeling. Maybe he might have to find a new team, Scott, if he wants to beat us. Yeah, I hope he goes and, as me and Imran pointed out, go and watch Napoli if he wants to watch beautiful football or continue to watch Roma if he wants to continue to watch beautiful football as they has the team he's lost against quite a few times. To quote Justin Timberlake, cry me a river. Enjoy your rest of your week, guys. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.